The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Nash. In Australia, food waste is estimated to cost the Australian economy around $20 billion each year. Australians throw away about 5.3 billion tons of edible food each year. In the United States, it's estimated that 415 kilograms, or about 915 pounds of food, is wasted per person each year, and in Mexico, it's about half that. But in Canada, $31 billion worth of food ends up in landfills or composters each year, which weighs about 1.3 billion tons, according to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. Yet, 850,000 Canadians use food banks every month. The amount of food we send to landfills here in Canada is massive. The city of Ottawa only has about 40% food scrap diversion rates, and the city picks up food scraps right from people's homes at the curb. So that means 60% of food scraps are going to landfill. But what about all the food that isn't food scraps, but is still in packaging that goes unwanted? Grocery stores don't sell food past the best before date. They can offer discounts to move it faster off their shelves before it expires, but if it doesn't sell, they have to get rid of it somehow. It's unlikely a store employee would take a package of expired cookies, for example, take the non-recyclable cover off, then dump the cookies into a food scrap bin and send it to a composting facility, rinse out the plastic tray, and then send it to recycling. More likely to happen is that a store employee will throw that package of cookies in the trash. Even though it costs money to have those bags of trash taken away, the cost would be likely higher to pay the employee to sort and rinse everything. This means our landfills are filled up with nutrients from food being sequestered in landfill, tucked in packaging and wrapped in plastic bags, unable to pass on any of those nutrients into viable compost. But when the food isn't ready for compost and is still useful for humans to eat, it becomes a question of redistribution, and that's where Ottawa food sharing comes in. I sat down with Olga, one of their volunteer organizers, to find out how a food sharing program works and how it diverts valuable food from going to landfill while also feeding people who need it most. On today's episode, I'm in Ottawa with Olga. Olga, how do you say your last name? Tkechuk. Olga is with the Ottawa Food Sharing Program, and uh, they are set to curb food waste in the Ottawa area and uh, feed people who are very much in need of healthy food. So, um, Olga, can you tell us a little bit about Ottawa Food Sharing? Yeah, we're an organization made up entirely of uh, volunteers from around the Ottawa area. Uh, And what we do is we work with businesses, grocery stores, restaurants, hotels, bakeries, uh, that basically end up with uh, a fair amount of surplus food. Uh, And what we do is we help them um, not throw it in the garbage, which is where it would otherwise go. And so we pick it up from them and we redistribute it to charities and nonprofits uh, among 
the Ottawa Food Sharing Network of uh, folks that are connected to us through face, uh, Facebook, I'm sorry, and other means. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's what we do. So how do you get people on board, such as grocery stores and restaurants? Do you have volunteers that go to those places and ask them to come on board? Yeah, we do. We uh, have a bunch of material that we've printed up and business cards and things like that. And basically what we do is we try and uh, just go out and talk to local businesses and see how they feel about that. Um, in the end, it is advantageous for the business as well. Financially, they pay less for uh, waste disposal because they end up with uh, significantly less things to throw out. I can't say everybody is uh, always on board, but uh, we do our best to try and convince people that uh, that's uh, what is best for them and everything else. That's awesome. So when they are throwing out things that are maybe in packaging, is it because it's getting close to the expiry date? Yeah, um, and this is, of course, uh, a specific issue with stores. Uh, once the expiry date has passed, they can no longer sell it, and so it does all go in the garbage. Now, we uh, know that the expiry dates are not really necessarily uh, 100% scientifically proven to uh, lead to uh, a rotten product. In fact, most of the time that just doesn't happen, um, especially things that are processed. Uh, they can live for quite a long time after that. A lot of this is uh, the industry uh, trying to make more money, really, in essence, because once that can of something uh, will get thrown out, a new can will obviously be bought. And again, some of the expiry dates, yes, they're valid, of course, for perishables. You know, you do a little sniff test, a little taste test. For non-perishables, it's really a completely different scenario, and a lot of them, yes, uh, they will be just fine to eat afterwards. And when businesses donate them rather than sell them, they can do so with the expired products, and they face absolutely no... Uh, I mean, they're legally protected by an act passed by the Ontario government for doing so. Yeah, and was it the F Food Donation Act? That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about that actually in the uh, feedback app episode because uh, I, there was a coffee chain that was very adamant about not giving away anything and everything had to go in the garbage. But uh, what the app creator was saying is that you actually can because of this act, which is a great act and I hope that every province has it. The Donation of Food Act in Ontario was passed in 1994. It says, a person who donates food or who distributes donated food to another person is not liable for damages resulting from injuries or death caused by the consumption of the food, unless the food was adulterated, rotten, or otherwise unfit for human consumption, and in donating or distributing the food, the person intended to injure or to cause the death of the recipient of the food or acted with reckless disregard for the safety of others. So basically, if you don't have the intent to kill or poison someone, you can donate food and you're not responsible for what happens after that. This allows businesses to donate their food without having to worry. Is it mostly perishable stuff that you get or mostly non-perishable food? Uh, it's really both. I mean, we are our two most regular businesses. Well, no. Yeah, let's say our three most regular businesses that we pick up from. One is a produce store. 
so it's all produce that we get from them once a week. Uh, one is a bakery, uh, so it's bins and bins worth of baked goods, um, again, once a week. And another one is a health food store, and mostly it's uh, packaged stuff. Not mostly, it's actually in its entirety, it's packaged goods. Okay, awesome. And uh, everyone that works for the organization for Food Sharing Ottawa, are, is everybody a volunteer, or is this a not-for-profit? How does like the kind of business organizational structure Work. We don't have an official not-for-profit status, but we are certainly not-for-profit. Everybody is a volunteer, and um, yeah, everybody just donates their time. That's so nice. So why did you decide to volunteer your time? Because it's a very nice thing to do. I don't think everybody's doing these things. So what, what was it specifically that got you interested? Uh, well, I wanted to volunteer in something, and the thing is that this issue uh, is so multifaceted, uh, and it affects uh, so many different spheres. So it's uh, economics, obviously, because you know the waste has to be disposed of. Uh, the food costs go up because we do throw out so much food needlessly. Um, uh, it's obviously the social costs of that because the food prices then get driven up and people can't afford to eat nutritious food um, and a lot of people are priced out of that market. Um, so social, economic, um, environmental of course because we're running out of uh, landfill space. In 20 years in Ontario at current capacity we will be done. Um, and so a significant percentage of what gets uh, taken up there is this organic waste, even with the green bin usage in Ontario. So this issue really has so many angles that uh, from, from all sides, it was something that was attractive to me. And also I grew up in a country where stores were empty. You didn't throw out food. There wasn't a whole lot of food to throw out. So that was something that I found incredibly wasteful when uh, moving to Canada. What country did you live in before? I grew up in Ukraine. Okay. Yeah, so you saw a big difference coming here. I know a lot of people do come here and think that it, it is wasteful. And when you grow up here with it, you don't maybe notice it as much? Of course not. Of course. It's just you don't see it. Yeah. It's just a regular part of life. And so... Raising awareness is also uh, a huge part of what we do. We have uh, a booth uh, at markets and we just talk to people who come to the markets. And, you know, even if we don't get them on board necessarily in terms of donating stuff, but we just talk to them and, and try and get people to simply reduce their own household waste. Absolutely. You know, I think about like a cookie package or something, for example, and a grocery store sees the expiry date and they just throw it in the trash and then it goes and sits in landfill for the next couple hundred years, you know, where actually you could take the cookies out and put them in the compost because Ottawa has a, a compost uh, system here for, for curbside pickup, although not a lot of people use it, which is a problem. Uh, and then you could take the plastic out and recycle that. And I doubt the outer layer is recycled, recyclable. It might be. Um, but I kind of doubt grocery stores are doing that anyway. No, of course not. So hopefully once it gets to people, uh, hopefully they will eat the product and then put the, the rest of the package where it needs to go, which really helps everything, really. So when you guys are volunteering, you will go to the businesses that sign up and then physically drive uh, the food to the charities or to people's houses or do people pick them up? 
Uh, we have a list of charities that we work with and so then yes the volunteer will go to the business so they will pick up uh, the food and they will bring it to the specific charities some charities work with the businesses and they provide them with tax receipts so in which case you know specific things need to go to those specific charities then uh, we also have a Facebook group where People who find themselves with a surplus will say, hey, you know, I live right here and I have a surplus of this. Does anybody want this? And you'd be surprised, you know, it's everything, you know, a head of garlic or something infinitely bigger and people will come and get it and it doesn't end up in the garbage. That's awesome. So if somebody has a uh, apple tree in their garden and there's just a crazy amount of apples, you know, they could maybe post that on Facebook and then someone could come and like get the apples off the tree. Absolutely. Uh, there's actually another organization here in Ottawa that does that for oh. fruit trees really? um, that we have worked with. Yep. And some of our volunteers have also, including myself, have volunteered with them. Hidden Harvest, because we do have uh, an incredible amount of fruit trees that grow in Ottawa and most of it just uh, doesn't get harvested. And so Hidden Harvest does that. Oh, that's awesome. shares with food banks and... Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes me wonder if Victoria does that out in British Columbia, because that's where I went to school and in university we used to just walk around and pick plums uh, or apples or anything because it's almost like every yard had a fruit tree mm -hmm. and it didn't seem like people cared if you came and picked them because they were kind of right by the sidewalk. It was really nice. It was a beautiful uh, city for that. So I haven't noticed as much in Ottawa, but I'm sure there's lots. Also, so I guess like people don't have to meet a criteria really, or the charities. It's really just anyone who needs the food or who has a good place for it or a good home for it can take the food. Well, that's right. Through the Facebook group, anybody can come to the person who's giving it away. Um, or if it's us, the members of the organization that have a surplus that we've picked up from somewhere, anybody can come and take that food. I mean, sometimes if somebody has extra time, they will even drive it to a person if a person is maybe disabled um, or is unable to drive for some reason or another. Basically, anybody can join the, the group on social media and pick stuff up through that. And yes, in terms of charities it's just whoever we bring it to on that day you know unless they have a tax receipt situation that is specific to that relationship we just pick it up and we bring it to the ronald mcdonald house or the woman's shelter or you know the man's shelter downtown that's good and is there a set schedule for bigger companies like a restaurant or a grocery store or do they have to call you every time they have surplus or do you come like every monday or something like that with some businesses, we have a set schedule, and with other businesses, they call us uh, once they have accumulated, you know, enough of something that uh, they would like us to pick up. So it's really a case-by-case -case basis, and we're very flexible, and we basically do whatever is most convenient for the business owners. Nice. Because if, yeah, you have to kind of accommodate them, or else they might just go back to the, the garbage, right? So it's good that you can work around their schedule and, and timing. So how long has Food Sharing Ottawa been going on? Has it been a few years now? Uh, it's only been a couple of years and we've grown tremendously and we're getting more and more people interested and more and more people know about us. So that's uh, really heartwarming. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I do see you on social media sometimes, so that's really great. And if you just type in Ottawa Food Sharing on Facebook, I'm sure you guys would, would pop up. Absolutely. And Instagram too? What's your Instagram handle? I 
um, too old to use Instagram. Um, and, and I know Somebody we're does, there. Because it's on I absolutely know we're there. I presume that the way to search for it is like anything else. But I'm terribly sorry. I'm not up to date on. I will look. I'll look it up and then. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know I follow you guys. So, uh, yeah, that's that's great. Because I see pictures sometimes of you guys having a little booth, like a tent, yeah. at different events and stuff, just to get the word out, which I is so probably great. Probably find my picture on there. Yeah, you're probably on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so, do you have leftover food, or are you looking for more suppliers? So, like, so do you ha- kind of get more food than you can handle, or are you always looking for more food? Oh no, we're always looking for more food. There, it's never more food than we can handle. You know, the charities uh, always need more food. They are always very, very happy when we bring them uh, things, especially projects, but really anything at all. So we are definitely always looking for more people to partner up with. And you were saying something about a fridge. So did Food Sharing Ottawa get a fridge? Yes. So we have a couple of side projects going now. Uh, One is a community fridge project. We're not entirely sure where it's going to go yet, but we did just acquire a fridge. And so what's going to happen is we're going to put it in a location, a high traffic location. And what we're hoping for is that uh, the local population will fill it with, you know, whatever things, again, that they, uh, individual households can't get rid of or even local businesses. And the people who need it will pick it up. Nice. And that'll be sort of in a nice location where... People know about it. Um, like, is this on the street or in a... Yeah, yeah, it'll just be on... Or maybe in a community center. Again, we're not entirely 100% sure yet. But it will be something like that, where the general public has access to it, free access. And again, if we have uh, something extra from our pickups, we fill up the fridge too. Uh, but also the people who live in the area. So it becomes kind of like a community project. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. I know the Ottawa Valley is kind of famous for farmland and down where we are in the Bay of Quinney area is a really good farmland too. And I feel like in between is kind of all rock. So I'm always telling people we shouldn't be developing on our farmer's fields because there's only these like kind of, you know, there's a few pockets and then there's all rock. So it's not like farmland is, is just infinite in Ontario, you know, but if farmers in this area are growing or even people in their own back gardens, then they could drop it off at the the fridge, like tomatoes and cucumbers and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you work with farmers at all? Yeah, we we do. And we're trying to expand our relationships with local farmers, especially because our other side project at the moment is called uh, the Ugly Produce Project. And um, we are trying to rescue uh, the approximately one third of all produce grown that doesn't meet the criteria purely in terms of cosmetics, in terms of how it looks to end up on supermarket shelves. And so what happens is a third of what is grown ends up automatically uh, being thrown out. And what we're trying to do again is raise awareness about the fact that the nutritional content of that produce, uh, you know, is absolutely exactly the same as something that looks prettier and to uh, limit that waste as well. And so, yes, we're uh, expanding our work with farmers at the moment. That's really awesome. And do you have a plan to just sell the, the ugly produce, as we would call it? 
Or would you take it and make it into something? So maybe like cut off the bruise, you know, or put it or chop it up or, or something like that. Well, again, when we bring it to, uh, if we distribute it to say non-profits and charities, they cook with it. And so yes. then, you know, they will do that. Oftentimes it's not really a matter of a bruise or something like that. What it is, is just a weird shape of yeah. something. They will take it and they will cook with it. We will just redistribute it. Uh, we have no plans to sell anything because we stay away from any monetary transactions. Because as our current legal standing, we just, uh, this is just not something that we can do. And I'm not sure that anybody wants to. But uh, it's absolutely easy to redistribute that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we have a big garden and all the carrots, some carrots look like a grocery store carrot, but I'd say the majority of them are funny. They're crooked or they have two kind of prongs coming out of one. Or And I always plant them too dense mm. because carrot seeds are very small. Mm. So it's very hard to plant them perfectly mm -hmm. you'll kind of end up with clumps and they grow around each other and one looked like a walrus <laughs> we've had some really funny carrots but yeah I would never think of of tossing it because it's a funny shape but uh yeah when you go to the grocery store everything is is the same shape they have a standard right and mm -hmm. I think France was passing some sort of bill to deal with that but I'm not exactly sure about the details I think you guys have some statistics too like do you know how much food uh, you're diverting from landfill? I think so far this year, 20-some thousand pounds we've diverted. So maybe 22 to 25,000 pounds of food we have diverted so far this year. But, I mean, we're trying to put in as big of a dent in the overall number as possible. Numbers are staggering. You know, at a very conservative estimate, it's... 31 billion dollars uh, worth of food that gets tossed in Canada every year. That's crazy. And that doesn't include any government institutions like hospitals and schools and prisons and all of that. So in essence, that number is estimated to be about double with all of those factors figured in there. So, I mean, every and half of that is at a household level. So everybody, I think, uh, can do something to tackle this problem, whether at a personal level or to volunteer or as a business owner, there's just so many pathways to reduce that number. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's part of our culture to just make a giant bunch of food. You wouldn't want to run out or anything. And then I think people forget to use those leftovers and it's not as cool or as sexy to make leftovers for the next few days. But when we make a big, a big meal, we think about eating it the next day. So we think about having that for lunch um, or, or using it and sort of like upcycling it into a different meal. So you're not eating the same meal three days in a row, but you're eating like the same product just in different mm -hmm. leftover ways. Uh, so we're just very careful. Like I don't think we really waste anything that we don't eat. Like nothing goes bad in our fridge. I try to monitor it quite quite well, but I think people are so busy and they it's just not part of the culture to constantly be checking if your cucumber has mold on it uh, or whatever. So it is, it's different. It's hard on a personal level, I think, for Canadian families, but I think with an organization like yours, it's really going to help. So that's wonderful. Do you have any advice for listeners who are in different cities or maybe even different countries who are interested in starting a food sharing program in their own communities? 
Sure, it's super easy. You know, start with a Facebook group. Um, and, uh, you know, ours is called Share It, Don't Toss It. You know, get all your friends to join and uh, see where it can grow from there. People love free stuff. And so it ends up, you know, self-advertising uh, through, uh, you know, the, the channels of various people joining. And it'll eventually and fairly quickly grow into something sizable. And so even if you start at a level like this, um, it's, it's very easy to grow and very easy to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Were charities sort of one of the first things that you guys did? Like approach charities and say that you want to deliver food to them? Or, I mean, you probably don't even have to ask them, really. You could just show up, I suppose, with food. That's right. You don't have to ask them. Uh, unless it's a matter of tax receipts, you just show up and, uh, and yeah. I mean, first it was stores because we needed the food. And then once some of those relationships were established, we said, hey, guys, you know, we have this stuff. So for instance, on Saturdays, we work with a specific charity because we pick up uh, boxes and boxes worth of produce that, that needs to be sorted. Um, some of it is, you know, will uh, a tiny bit of it will get uh, thrown in the garbage because it was sitting there for a while. But most of it we just sort into, you know, vegetable bins, fruit bins, and we leave it for them. And that's their Monday dinner or Monday. Um, it's a place that feeds the homeless uh, uh, during the weekdays. And so that's their lunch and their dinner that is completely fresh produce based. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's wonderful. And I'm so glad you guys are expanding. And it's really good news, and I think you're doing a wonderful thing, and thank you for volunteering, because I think not everybody has the, the drive or the will, and I think you're doing a really good thing, so thank you for that, and I, I hope to see lots going on with Ottawa Food Sharing in the future, and uh, it's a really good organization to start in your own cities if your city doesn't have a food sharing program, so thank you, Oga. Thanks for chatting, Long. Awesome. A few months ago on my countdown to zero waste, I stopped into McDonald's in a little town called Napanee. I ordered a coffee, paid for it, then the cashier told me she'd have to give it to me in one of their cups. Then I could pour it in my own mug from there if I wanted. She wasn't allowed to fill up my own mug. I nicely told her I didn't want the garbage cup and I'd just take a refund if she couldn't put coffee in my own mug. I wanted the coffee, not the trash. She amicably agreed, but had to call the manager over to initiate the refund, and me being me, I asked the manager why the cashier wasn't allowed to fill up my mug so I didn't have to produce trash. The manager said it was a health regulation, but I called him out on that by saying Tim Hortons across the street fills up my mug. We have different health inspectors, he said, so I went across the street and got some coffee in my mug from Tim Hortons. But something didn't sound right with the manager's explanation. So I called the health inspection office of Napanee and told them what happened. The health inspector told me they don't have any regulations at all against restaurants filling up customers' mugs, and it had nothing to do with them. So then I wrote McDonald's Canada. Here's the response I got from Catherine, a guest relations specialist from McDonald's Canada. She writes, Hi, Laura. Thank you for taking the time to contact McDonald's. We enjoy hearing from our guests and we appreciate this opportunity to respond to your inquiry. While most independent coffee houses allow reusable mugs and even offer discounts, McDonald's doesn't permit it as a general policy. 
We can't control the cleanliness of the cup that's been through the drive-thru or the restaurant, so this is the main reason why. For the moment, we prefer serving coffee in our own cups. Some of our franchises do accommodate guests who bring their own travel mugs, but others may not for a myriad of factors, including concerns over contamination, food safety, and basic hygiene. In both cases, the decision is at the discretion of the local franchisee. Also, because the mugs aren't always the proper size, we cannot use some cup sizes in our coffee machines and or sugar and cream dispensaries. They're not the exact same size as a coffee cup size, so we usually just pour the drink in our coffee cup and the guests can pour it in their travel mugs if they wish to do so. We hope we have answered your questions, but if you require further assistance, please do not hesitate to reply to this email. Best regards, Catherine. So basically, what Catherine is saying is that McDonald's Canada doesn't care about the environment and won't be caring about the environment anytime soon. I think it might be time for a new McDonald's policy around cups. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you listen to us. You can follow me on Instagram at zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you're interested in becoming a patron of the show, you can find us on Podbean and click the button that says become a patron. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.